We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, wanted to talk about who impressed in the season of 2023 and who did not impress in the 2023 season. Uh, I mean, we might as well start with, I mean, Cody, I don't know if you really want to talk about Gardner Minshew in this aspect. Uh, I really don't even... I don't even really want to bring up either of the quarterbacks here because Anthony Richardson didn't get enough time to show whether he impressed or didn't impress. And then as far as Gardner Minshew, I think Gardner Minshew did some good things, did some bad things. It's kind of hard for me to kind of place either of these quarterbacks in a a category unless you disagree. No, I think that's fair. You didn't see enough from Richardson, which was obviously disappointing. Uh, but with Gardner Minshew, I mean, this is what, like, what else did you expect? He was a backup quarterback. He's limited. Like, we knew that. So, no, I don't think I'd put either of them on this list, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I, we can go to two players offensively that did definitely do something, and that was both of your running backs this year, Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Uh, if you take away – the first two games where Jonathan Taylor virtually didn't get a lot of attempts uh, to really get into it. Outside of that, the man basically had 155 rushes for pretty much 700 yards, ran the, uh, for over four yards carry, had seven touchdowns in that span. Uh, so, you know, would have been really great to see Jonathan Taylor at full strength to start the year. But, Thankfully, again, we had Zach Moss, Cody, and it's kind of crazy because we keep talking about Jonathan Taylor recently, and we didn't even get to talk about like what Zach Moss was doing before Jonathan Taylor got back. I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan, Zach Moss was doing so good. We're like almost saying Jonathan Taylor, who like at that point, like that's how good Zach Moss was for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he was the Colts offense. For a good chunk of the beginning of the year, uh, when the offense was struggling to find its way with the different quarterback play and Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew splitting time because of the injuries, the the one guy that stayed consistent though was Zach Moss. So both these running backs did a phenomenal job this year. 
They did. Yeah, the fact that that Jonathan Taylor only played in 10 games, but you mentioned he had, you know, 741 yards on the season. You know, that that's great. That that's fantastic that Jonathan Taylor did that. And you do wonder if he did play all 17 games, you know, you think about he'd easily have over 1000 yards. He'd probably have somewhere 1500 yards plus, you know, which is definitely great to see. Uh, and he definitely, it felt like the last two games, he really started to come on and he really started to see him be the running back that we all knew that he could be. But obviously, with, you know, some of the stuff early on, and then obviously with, you know, the thumb injury, the thumb surgery he had, you know, he missed some time this year, more than he usually has in his NFL career. But yeah, you're right with it. When it comes to Zach Moss, I mean, what can you say? Zach Moss, six yards short of 800 yards on the season. He definitely looked great in times where he had to kind of take, you know, some of the the reps with early on. He looked really, really fantastic. Um, it's just unfortunate that he dealt with some injuries as well, you know, from that horse collar tackle and, you know, obviously the broken arm that, that held him out of week number one. But, yeah, I think both these guys, you, you, you look at it and – you say if you bring back Zach Moss, who is an impending free agent, him and Jonathan Taylor, I think easily you could say are one of, if not the best one-two duo in the NFL with how great they played this year. Um, and that was you know, really helpful in the fact that the Colts were one of the best teams at running the football. Um, when both these guys you know, were in there, they really started to run the football really, really well. Um, so, yeah, both these guys, I think, really impressed this year. I think Zach Moss out of the two was definitely the bigger surprise because he played well. He played well in stretches last year, Derek, when JT went down. Um, he really really started to put it on this year. At one point, he was number two in the NFL in rushing yards behind Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, this dude was absolutely killing it, um, which was great to see. And so definitely hope the Colts consider bringing him back because we know and we saw it again uh, against, you know, the Texans. We know how good they can be when they are on. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that will definitely be a question mark to be had and we'll be discussing that a lot over the next few weeks and the next basically month and a half. Um, let's go ahead and hop into the offensive line here. I mean, Cody, we say most of the offensive line here. can't say all of their names, but um, Bernard Ryman, again, great year. He has definitely bounced uh, into a good conversation here as the future left tackle for this team. Uh, Quentin Nelson had a great bounce back year. Same with Ryan Kelly. Uh, despite some of the injuries he's had to deal with, Ryan Kelly definitely battled and has been a phenomenal center this year. Uh, Will Fries at the right guard position, albeit ha- wasn't phenomenal this year. He was certainly far from the weakest link on the team. Uh, really did a fantastic job of being an overall average right guard in the league. Uh, and of course, you know, the Braden Smith, Blake Freeland experiment, we've seen how that went back and forth. Um, but it's no doubt Cody that this offensive line drastically improved and quite honestly is in my opinion, the most improved, uh, group of players, uh, in, on the entire team based off what we saw in 2022. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and to give Braden Smith credit, he really tried to play through that knee injury. It must have been bad, the fact that he missed all those games and still wasn't right. So it definitely sucks that he had to deal with that. So hopefully he takes his time this offseason, gets it back to where it needs to be, because traditionally, Derek, he's been pretty durable for the Colts. So I'm hoping this was just one of those things where it's it's an unfortunate injury year for him. But yeah, Blake Freeland, you know, wasn't great this year, but again, he still was only a rookie. So you got to think he's going to improve in some capacity this year. But yeah, when you look at the entirety of the offensive line, definitely a great bounce back year. And Derek, this is a unit that, like you mentioned, there were some injuries, right? So it's not like the Colts ever felt like they had like the full offensive line for the good majority of the season. It was very rare and very far and in between when the Colts actually had all five of their starters healthy. But when they did, I mean, we saw what they were able to do. They were able to run the ball effectively down you know, the Raiders' throat, down the Texans' throat. But when they aren't, you know, issues arise, but they still were able to hold their own. And again, with the quarterback, like we talked about at, on the game recap, a quarterback that is so limited, like Gardner Minshew is, and the fact the Colts were able to keep him upright and keep him protected pretty well all year, I think it's definitely great. And you have to talk about what Tony Sperano Jr. and this group did this year. Definitely took a massive step forward in 2023. And so, Derek, this is honestly, when you think of the offseason, I think this is one of those units where you say, okay, maybe you add a depth piece. That's it. You don't really have to touch this unit. You feel really good about where this unit's at with all of their offensive linemen, with all their starters. Now you have your future left tackle. And when Braden Smith and Bernard Ryman are fully healthy and out there, they are one of the best tackle duos in the NFL. Like you mentioned, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, just absolute monsters in the middle. And then if Will Fries is your weakest link, quote unquote, he's an average guard, you're feeling pretty good about where you're at. So yeah, definitely feel good about this offensive line unit. They had a great bounce back year and, you know, a lot of guys having career years. So great to see that. Absolutely. Uh, And it was a unit that definitely needed to bounce back with the quarterback play that we were having. It gave the Indianapolis Colts a chance to run the offense that they wanted Uh, from a guys who succeeded on the offensive side once more. um, I would definitely say from a offensive perspective, Michael Pittman and Josh Downs definitely deserve the uh, reins there. Michael Pittman doing things that only some of the greats in this franchise have ever done as far as numbers-wise, uh, one of only four players ever uh, in Indianapolis Colts history to have 100 catches in a season. Uh, 
and to think he's been doing that with in, inaccurate quarterback play uh, is another crazy thing about it. And Josh Downs as well, who, again, for many games, Gardner Minshew just never looked his way, Cody. But, I mean, every time Josh Downs touched the ball, the game changed. It was something about Josh Downs that the plays after the catch, that dude has it, man. He has something in him that I cannot wait to see when Anthony Richardson gets back and is finally able to throw the football to him. Uh, Those two guys definitely were the ultimate wide receiver weapons this year. Yeah, and you mentioned it. You know, Michael Pittman getting in the record book for Indianapolis Colts history. Let's talk about Josh Downs. He set the rookie receiving record for the Indianapolis Colts quietly uh, this last game. You know, he he finishes the season, like you mentioned, with a lot of questions at quarterback. 68 catches for 771 yards and two touchdowns. So that's a pretty darn good rookie year for Josh Downs. And he just continues, like you said, when you get the ball in his hands, he makes a play. You saw him at the end of that game against the Texans. He made a couple guys missed, and he turned what would have been like a 10 to 15-yard pass into like a 30-yard pass. So you feel really, really good, Derek, about these two wide receivers. You're like, okay, you get another legit guy like that in there, and you have one of the better wide receiver duos in the NFL. You know, you have one of the better groups in the NFL if you get one more guy in there. But – these two guys definitely showed out career years for both of them. Obviously, Josh Downs just getting going, but uh, definitely two guys that I think show that they have enough in what it takes uh, to really be part of this future and really give Anthony Richardson some nice weapons at wide receiver. Absolutely, man. Uh, and now let's kind of head to the disappointers of this year. Uh was there anyone on the offensive side that was really like a disappointment for you? I would have mentioned Jelani Woods, but I, I don't really feel like that's fair because, you know, it's just, it was disappointing in play. But outside of mm-hmm. that, from the perspective of disappointment or who didn't, who didn't impress, is there anyone on offense that you felt like that? It's weird because when you have such low expectations for a team, and how many guys just honestly flat out played poorly last year on the offense to, to see all these guys having bounced back years. It's hard to say that there was a guy on offense that you expected to play at this level, but didn't play at this level. You know, like it's just, it's difficult to say. I don't really know if there's anybody. I mean, I know this isn't, you know, we've talked about this at length. This isn't his fault, but you wish the Colts would have got Alec Pierce some more throws down the field. You just wish you could have seen that a little bit more. And I don't think that's Alex's fault. I think the Colts just didn't get him the ball. Gardner Minshew, namely, didn't get him the ball when he was open multiple times down the field. So that was very disappointing that the Colts had their deep shots, but they didn't take them sometimes. Yeah, I would definitely say that's been the most disappointing part of the year is the uh, lack of opportunities for some of these guys, right? Um, We talked about... I mean, we talked about the Raiders game and how, you know, it was either Devontae Adams or nothing, right? It felt like that way a lot this year for Michael Pittman. Uh, it felt like it, it was either Pittman or nothing a lot of times for the Indianapolis Colts offense. And that is in no way, shape, or form how Shane Steichen wanted his offense to go. That was just ultimately how Gardner Minshew operated the offense. 
It was the only thing he could actually do. So you're right. It, it definitely wasn't great from that perspective. Uh, let's go ahead and hop to the defensive side of things. Uh, okay. Just like what we saw with the offense, uh, the defensive line, you know, really showed up this year. Uh, four guys with eight or more sacks this season, Cody. Uh, Ebukam leading the way with nine and a half. Quiddy Pay with eight and a half. And Buckner with eight. And Dio with eight. Uh, really great to see Quiddy Pay resurge in uh, the way that he has. Ebukam really exploded at, at certain times. And Defoe as dominant as ever. And Dio Dangbo showing a little bit of improvement as well. So, I mean, from a defensive line perspective, it was a really great season to see these guys really uh, step it up a notch. Uh, this defensive line is weird for me, Derek, because yes, when you look at raw numbers, you know, four players, eight sacks. Okay, that's awesome. That's that's impressive. But you just didn't have that guy emerge. You just still didn't have that edge guy, I should say. You know, DeForest Buckner's on another level. But you didn't have that guy consistently being there and being a double-digit sack guy, which is unfortunate. But like like you said, like Ebukam had a career year, which is great. Quiddy had a career year. Dio had a career year. But you still didn't have the pass rush when you needed it the most which was definitely a big bummer, especially considering what was at stake in the last couple of weeks. The pass rush kind of failed you. And so it's very difficult for me where I'm like, I don't know if I can put them on the impressive, even though they you know broke the franchise record in sacks because they disappointed when it mattered most. So I don't know. I'm torn on that one. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand the disappointment factor in that because like you said, I mean, from a – totality perspective this unit was good but the problem is is like you said we don't have a trey hendrickson we don't have a tj watt we don't have a miles garrett we don't have a josh allen you know a a guy that every single game takes over a game every single game on the edge you have that in deforest buckner who is always been a top five defensive tackle over the last three or four seasons, but you, you can do much better at protecting against a defensive tackle in this league than what you can against an elite edge. That is certainly one thing that Indy does not have yet. And I certainly hope that that is something that who knows, maybe one of these, Maybe one of these guys will eventually become more of that stature, but it definitely is remaining to be seen. And it definitely makes the question of whether or not Indy is going to attempt to get something there from that edge perspective. Uh, Let's go ahead and hop into linebackers here. Um, We have Zaire Franklin, who, you know, obviously broke, the franchise record for tackles set by himself uh, in 2022, Cody. Uh, And EJ Speed, you know, really coming into that full-time role now. You know, he basically was the number two linebacker. Uh, How'd you feel about the linebackers this year? Good and bad (laughs) at times. Like, there was, I feel like there was just too many missed tackles and too many just things that just aren't acceptable. It's weird because, like, Zaire, yes, 
broke the franchise. It's kind of like with pass rush. I'm like, that's impressive. Like that's impressive. But also when he needed him the most, they weren't making the key plays. It's not like they were bad. Don't, don't hear me saying that at all. But I don't know, like, you know, EJ Speed was a good linebacker. I felt like he played really well in that kind of that role. Um, you know, Zaire, you know, was kind of that captain. But I don't know. I just I felt like I needed to see just a tad bit more in certain key areas from some of these guys in critical moments, maybe is more the, the appropriate word, because there was way too many, especially at the end of the year, Derek, where the linebackers were missing tackles. And that just simply can't happen. Yeah, uh, I would definitely say it, it didn't definitely change a lot of games for us. Uh, I feel like recency bias definitely plays a lot into it. Uh, you're right. The the tackling issue, especially from EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin at the end of the year, definitely was a major issue. Uh, hopefully that gets fixed. Um, now we go on to the secondary um, from a perspective of who was positive and who was a disappointment, uh, no question that you have some good and some bad from a bunch of different people here, Cody. Um, I'll just go with my first couple names here that we can be positive about. Juju Brents definitely saw some good things from Juju Brents this year. Uh, Kenny Moore, and I mean, we saw. From a single player perspective, Cody, I think Kenny Moore went from the worst to the best on this entire team, honestly. Uh, mm -hmm. From where he was in 2022 to where he is now, uh, a total 180. Total 180. He was one of the best corners in the league this year. Um, I would even give Jalen Jones a little bit more of the nod on impressive because, I mean, Heck, you and I didn't even know if this guy would make the, the roster to begin the year. And yet we saw a bunch of times where Jalen Jones was locking dudes down. So, I mean, very impressive for the situation that he was given. And then, of course, when you talk about the safeties, you have to throw Julian Blackman in there. Julian Blackman was having a career year so far uh, before the injury went down. Now, from the people who didn't impress, uh, we've made our intentions very clear about uh, we made our intentions very clear about Rodney Thomas. Uh, I know it was his second year, but you know, from year one to year two, it is a drastic drop off in production from Rodney Thomas's sake. As far as corners go, I'll let you. I'll let you throw that name out there because i know what you're gonna say uh and and i always love hearing you say it so go ahead you give me your secondary Boy. who impressed and who didn't hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, I think we already know who didn't impress Derek. Do I even need to say it? It was literally Daryl Baker out there not attempting to tackle. I mean, Derek, 
good grief, we could tackle better than this man at times. It, it's it's bad. And you'd think for a bigger corner he could actually hit somebody or tackle or do anything, but apparently not. Um, gets torched routinely. It, it was clear he was the weak link. But again, he's an undrafted guy. So, like, how much did you expect out of him? I don't know. But just wasn't impressive at all. I'm fine with him and Thomas being shipped out in the offseason because uh, both those guys just routinely looked lost and looked like they didn't weren't trying sometimes. So I'm good with both those guys being gone. Not really impressed by either of them. Um, thought they both were liabilities for pretty much the entire year. Um, so, yeah, not really impressed with him. But again, Derek, like well, I want to talk about, you know, back to the rookie corners real fast. People seem to very easily forget how young this secondary is. I mean, two rookie corners, and people act like they need to be shutting guys down, like from day number one. It's kind of wild to me. Like Jalen Jones, I feel like has gotten a lot of like negative attention recently, but like he's a rookie, you know, like and he's playing against good receivers. Like it's not like he's playing against bums and getting torched out there. So I'm just kind of like, this is like, what else did you expect? I guess from two rookies playing a majority of the snaps, you know, that's why you play them. They learn, they make mistakes and they grow from it. So uh, I'm good with that. But yeah, when it comes to Daryl Baker, it's like, eh, I mean, I never saw any signs of improvement from him or really anything good or him or Rodney Thomas. So yeah, both those guys, especially Thomas, because of the expectations of last year, definitely huge disappointments. No question. Yep. And uh, last thing here uh, from a player perspective wise, um, I would say for special teams, Cody, uh, a disappointment definitely Matt Gay. Um yeah. which is so weird for me because at the beginning of the year, Matt Gay was automatic. Anything. You could send that dude out for a 60 yarder, and I would have had confidence that that dude could make it. But now I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, now Cody, at the end of the year, if it's anything above 40 yards, I'm concerned because I'm afraid the thing's gonna tail to the right. So I mean, it stinks because, like we said in the broadcast and we said in the pre in the recap at the end of the game, you're paying the dude that amount of money and you and he can't consistently make a forty yarder. Like that, that something needs to be fixed with that. Either the money needs to change, or you need to figure out what's wrong with him because that is definitely not going to be something that is going to bode well for confidence in Indianapolis if Matt Gay can't consistently make these field goals? If you look at the, the field goals, I was just checking it out real fast. To be fair, and I know he's getting paid a lot, so he needs to make these, but you think about, you know, really the most, the majority of the kicks he did miss were from 50-plus yards, you know. Um, he attempted 13, he made eight of them. So that was by far his worst uh, stat was the 50-yarders. He was pretty consistent from really 49 all the way until, you know, whatever, short yardage kicks. So uh, definitely got to improve in those areas, especially with how much he's being, you know, paid, like you mentioned. But, again, there were a few times where they trotted him out for like a 57, 58-yard field goal, and he didn't make it, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, that is no excuse with how much you're paying him. So definitely need to see him step it up, no question about that. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this video, guys. Uh, that is our who impressed and who did not uh, in 2023. Let us know your thoughts on this, uh, who impressed for you and who did not. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
And as always, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.